Hello and welcome to the Automotive News Europe podcast for January 13th, 2022. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a and Thanks so much for stopping by. The rapid shift toward electric cars is going to cause a huge surge in the battery market, which will result in much higher demand for materials that need to be extracted from below the ground. One of the materials is graphite, which is used for the anode. The better the anode, the faster the charging speed. Finnish renewable materials company Stora Enso says it has found a way to replace graphite with lignin, which it extracts from trees. The lignin can be converted into hard carbon anode materials for lithium-ion batteries. Lauri Lettinen, who is head of innovation in Stora Enso's biomaterials division, explains the process and outlines the potential benefits automakers can get from using a renewable material that comes from above the ground. Hello, Lowry. Thanks so much for joining us today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited to be, be here and, and talking to you today. You folks are doing something that's kind of a little bit mind-blowing to me. And I wanted to get some feedback from you on how did the company come up with the idea of creating a renewable alternative to graphite for lithium-ion batteries? Stora Enzo is a renewable materials company. And, and as a company, we've, we've been looking at opportunities, how to change a lot of value chains and make them a lot more sustainable. And we've been very successful in, in a lot of value chains already, in packaging and, and wood products and so forth. And, but we've also invested into looking at what can we do more. And uh, we did quite a bit of research on, on around a material called lignin and what can lignin do. And that has actually yielded an opportunity that we have a pretty significant and really, really important opportunity in, in replacing graphite with, the, with sustainable solutions. And, and, and that's, that's how it started. So we got, we got probably six, seven years of pretty intensive research in this area that we've been doing. We have people that, that understand this and know this all the way from material sciences to electrochemistry and understanding batteries. And now, now we're getting to a point where we, we really want to see if we can make this happen with, with right partners. Can you tell us a little bit about Linion and how it comes to be and how it was basically zeroed in on as a great alternative? Lignin is the second most abundant natural polymer on Earth after cellulose. So, so if we really want to, as a society, start to move around, move away from living, from living below the ground to really increasingly live above the ground, uh, lignin is a, a wonderful material that we should really, really pay attention to. And what we do basically, we, we are experts in extracting lignin and lignin comes from trees. And this extraction then eventually leads us into taking that lignin and turning it into a high performing material that, that uh, replaces graphite, which, and graphites we know, they either come from mines, so below the ground, or oil, uh, needle coke, also below the ground. We want to do something that we actually can grow back. 
So lignin is something that grows back and we want to turn that into high performing materials that stays very long in, in value chains as well as can be recycled. What do you see is the potential value of this part of the global battery market now and in 10 years? As we all know, I mean, the, the projections are enormous. Electric mobility is coming and it's already happening. We look at Norway where, I, was it over 80% of, of all new vehicles have been electric. So this, is, this, this turning point is happening. And, and the center of that, that change is, of course, the battery. But those batteries are made of, of, of materials. And we often talk about the materials that are the metals, like lithium and nickel and so forth. But we tend to forget the other side of the battery, which is the, the anode, which is graphite and which is carbon. And, and there is maybe 20, 30% of weight basis is that carbon. So it's significant amount of material that's needed. And the projections with the growth rates we've estimated could be anywhere over 3 million tons of, of this material needed. And it's pretty expensive material because it's high performing material. The market could be anywhere over 30 billion euros in the next 10 years. So it's significant. How big of a business do you anticipate this will be for Stora Enso? We see this as a significant potential for us. Uh, we're investing significantly in it. So without going into detailed numbers, we, it is... We are a 10 billion euro company. Something significant for us has to be significant size. And, and this, this uh, gets into that scale where we want to do this and, and see how much we can uh, help, help that value chain here. So it is, it is a significant opportunity. Can you name any potential customers? And if you cannot name them, can you tell us perhaps where they are based? Uh, Europe, the United States, maybe China. What can you tell us? Like you said, it's always very delicate and you don't, you don't really want to go too deep in that. But it's, um, what, I, what I'd like to maybe say is that, that because this material is, has multitude of different characteristics, different type of markets look at this differently. So what we are basically making is a, a material that's in the classes of hard carbons. And these hard carbons are known for, for fast charging, cold performance, so the batteries last longer in the, in the cold. And, and they have a really, really good uh, uh, power density. So depending on... on and, and on top of that, now with the sustainability benefit. So we are actually targeting to make a material that has a negative carbon footprint. So, so depending on these characteristics and depending on the markets, different markets value different things. So if we work with our Asian partners and, and our friends, uh, they, they know the material relatively well. And, and there's, there's a lot of interest in the fast charging uh, uh, opportunity. In addition to that, there's a, there's a lot of talk now about sodium ion battery uh, and, uh, and hard carbons. Uh, so this lignin-based stuff that we do is really the only anode system that would work in there. So that's, that's another dimension. And then, then when we talk about Europe, Europe it's, it's a lot about sustainability. Uh, 
And it's a lot about the interest around can we localize and get a supply chain set up that would be close to home in, in Europe. Would you say the Europeans are in the lead because of that strong emphasis on sustainability right now? I would say it's equally distributed right now with the different different views on who who wants to play which characteristics of the opportunity. Volvo recently showed that lithium-ion battery module production accounts for seven metric tons of CO2 in their C40, in their XC40 as well. And Volvo wants to cut that number. Roughly, what would that number be if Linion replaces graphite? Will there be a significant help to that reduction? Well, I think so. So I'll give you a few facts what, we, what we're aiming at here. So typical anode material uh, carbon footprint could be anywhere above 10 kilos per the CO2 per kilogram material. Our aim is to create a material that actually has minus two kilograms. And minus, you might ask why and what that means. How is that possible? Well, the reality, we're using a material that grows back. And, the, and because of uh, the material, the lignin that we're using, it's created through photosynthesis, and which means that it's sequestering carbon from the atmosphere. And we are turning that carbon from the atmosphere through, through biomass into, into products that actually have a negative carbon footprint. And basically, it's a carbon sink in, a, in a essence in that. And if you think about the uh, difference between minus 2 and, and, and 10, it's 12 kilo per kilograms. If I estimate and if, if I multiply that 3 million tons, we might be talking about a million, the emissions of a million cars per year. That's a, that's a very rough estimate. Go specifically looking at Volvo, I, I can't tell. I don't necessarily know how they put their, their battery together, but I, my estimation would be a significant improvement in there. How does a solution like this help reduce Europe's reliance on Asia and other markets for key battery components. It's become a very big political hot potato on how does Europe make sure that it can continue to keep mobility in a sustainable way going, but we get all of these batteries for all these electric cars from outside of Europe. So can you tell us a little bit about that potential? So if I look at anode markets, exactly what you said is, is correct. That we, we as European uh, value chain in electric mobility today and in the future, we, if, if nothing else happens, we will be very dependent on supply from, from Asia on, on anodes. And that will be mined graphite or it's, it's going to be synthetic graphite unless something else happens. So we want to change that. So. What we have is a, a, a extensive footprint of so-called biorefineries. So refineries that are taking material above the ground and turning them into very valuable products already in, in different value chain. So we make packaging products and so forth. What this biorefinery also does, it, it segregates lignin that we can turn into, into material and anode material. 
And these biorefineries are, are in Europe. So setting up uh, anode manufacturing can be combined close to these facilities where the raw material is created. So we can copy a footprint of anode manufacturing in the, in the biorefinery system that already exists and create a supply chain that is, is close to home. And there are biorefineries all over, all, all over Europe. And we as Duranzo, we have a significant footprint, especially in Scandinavia. You folks have really thought this through, planned this out, so that if you get that big contract, you can automatically start making this happen, right? Yeah, it's development, it's new material. We have to work very closely with partners and we got to make this happen. But we have really nice footprints on how do we, how do we play this bigger. And, and we are in the commercialization phase. Have you found that in your career or since you've been working on this particular project that there's more of an openness to doing this because we're in such a disruptive period within this industry? Great question. What I think is, um, this is a question about innovation, I think. I think uh, when world changes, when new opportunities uh, exist and come across, like let's say internet uh, 20, 30 years ago, it just has created the new ecosystem of innovation. I think uh, personally, we are in a similar kind of revolution now where there's a lot of spaces where innovation will flourish. And, and we are an innovative company, Astura Enso. We are also looking at this opportunity. How can we contribute and make it better? And, and I think that fact that this has been created now, it's opening a new space. And players like us have a lot, lot to play in there. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact that using trees for this. And someone listening might say, wait a second, why are we using trees? We need our trees. We love our trees. We want to protect our trees. Can you tell me what you are saying to environmentalists and tree huggers about using this material and how you're trying to make sure that it doesn't have a negative effect. Great question and something really close to our heart all the time. And, and this lignin, it's, it's a byproduct. So it's, it's byproduct in, in the biorefineries already. And that, that byproduct is currently used to, to make bioenergy. So we, we, we take it and we turn it into electricity that is then used in, in our processes or, or sold into the net, network. But we'd like to make it even better. So bioenergy, nothing bad about this and so forth, wonderful opportunity. But can we, because it's a great material, can we turn it into more value-added things? So we are turning it into something that is, is taking and replacing fossil-based materials with the renewable material. And we are uh, taking something that this energy releases that CO2 right away into the atmosphere, taking into products that stays in the value chain for a long time. And on top of that, because it's a byproduct, we are not adding a single tree to be cut because it's already in, in the systems. So we're just increasing efficiency in the existing system. And on top of that, Stura Enso, I mean, 
trees, forests, this is, this is who we are. We are all about uh, making sure that the, the forests that we own, and we are one of the largest private forest owners in, in the world, and uh, everything we do, we, we grow more trees than we use. And, and, and making sure that we have a biodiverse uh, growing forest is, 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 uh, is center of our business model. It's a great mission, and we will be watching you as you make your way over the next few years at this uh, fascinating uh, new product. So, uh, Lori, thank you so much for spending time with us today on the Automotive News Europe podcast. Wonderful. Thank you, Doc. Really enjoyed we reached Lauri Lettinen at his office in Stockholm, Sweden. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a wide range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Or on our website at europe.autonews.com. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for January 13th, 2022. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a &E. Thanks so much for stopping by. We hope you'll tune in again next time.